Welcome to the Seated Not Defeated podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of daily life as a wheelchair user. Let your disability become your possibility. And now here is your resident wheeler, Mark Fugelvan. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today for the SND Seated Not Defeated podcast. My name is Mark, and this is the first episode in my podcast series, and I wanted to start by just giving you a little bit of background about myself and how I became a wheelchair user. And then I also wanted to just touch upon, you know, why am I doing this podcast? What do I hope to accomplish by talking about, you know, the various aspects of wheelchair life? Um, So yeah, let's get started. Everything kind of happened around the age of 18. Uh, I had just graduated high school, and this was in 1995. I know, it's a long time ago. Uh, it was it was summer, summertime. I had gotten a job working as a cashier at a local deli in the area. So I, I spent pretty much a majority of my life in Southern California growing up in different places, uh, you know, the, the valley, uh, and then moved to Culver City when I turned 17 and then kind of lived in that whole Marina Del Rey area. So I'd gotten the job uh, at this deli, you know, in the marina, became that cashier. And one day a friend, uh, one of the one of the servers there asked me if I wanted to go to the beach. And I said, yeah, OK, let's, you know, let's do it. It's a nice day, summertime, pretty good weather over here. Um, so we headed out to the beach and there was this beach that, you know, I wasn't too familiar with that was near uh, where Sunset Boulevard and PCH meet. If you're familiar with that area, or if you're not, uh, basically, there's not a whole lot of beach. It's basically the waves are breaking practically on Pacific Coast Highway. So there's, you know, a lot of people don't go there to to surf or anything like that. Um, You know, they just go there to lay out on a towel and get a suntan. So, and that's exactly what I did. So I went there with my friend and we were just kind of hanging out and, you know, she wanted to go in the water and she was... She said, yeah, you should go check it out. You know, come on out. Let's get in the water. And, you know, I, I said, yeah, because it was pretty hot. So I ran out there and, you know, doing my typical masculine guy thing, uh, I saw this wave that was breaking and it was, you know, it was forming near the beach and it was getting big. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to do my typical Baywatch thing and I'm going to run out there and dive in the middle of it and, uh, you know, duck dive under it and pop out the back, which I've done a thousand times. But, you know, not... Not so much with these, uh, you know, these waves that break right there on the sand. But, you know, I was, I was hot and I wanted to cool down. I was pretty amped, so I ran out there and, and I did just that. I put my arms in front of my head and dove in the middle of the wave and expecting to pop out the back. But unfortunately, I slammed right into what is a sandbar. So a sandbar is, could mean a number of things, but essentially it's like this ridge of sand that gets formed after a while by the waves breaking on it. And, um, you know, I probably should have walked out in hindsight to just kind of see how the, the ocean floor was where the wave was breaking, but I didn't do so. I just kind of rammed my head into it. So what ended up happening is when I did that, instantly I just became numb and tingly. Um, and I was under the water and I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't move anything. It's like the trauma or shock of hitting that, what I, you know, came to find out was a sandbar. Um, it just, it shocked my whole body and I just had, I had no movement. So here I was underneath the water, holding my breath and just trying to kind of understand and process what was going on. So I, I had my eyes closed. I thought I was dreaming and then it kind of 
was this realization like I can't hold my breath, you know, forever. So I got to figure out what's going on. And that's when I started to, to, to panic. And, um, you know, everything started to get real fuzzy, almost like, you know, the TV, the, they, they, they talk about like the, you know, when you see the, the white and gray specks on the TV, it was like that. I, I started to kind of see that my head and then my hearing was going away and I just got really kind of woozy. So in my mind, it was like, okay, I'm, you know, I, this is it, you know? Well, during that time, and I don't know how long it was, it probably wasn't that long because I was panicking, but I heard my friend scream. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. Like, she knows I'm in here and I can't get out. Um, so I just kept holding my breath, hoping that, you know, she was going to pull me out or somebody was going to help me because I was stuck. So next thing I know, I just, I see this really bright light and I feel like I'm being lifted up and I, I didn't know what to expect. So it's not like I was moving on to the other side. It was, it was the sun. I, uh, someone was lifting me up and I was basically looking up right at the sun. Uh, it was four gentlemen that I don't know where they came from because on this beach there, there's lifeguard stands, but there's really not a whole lot of lifeguard activity because not, there's not a lot of people that, you know, go on these beaches and swim. Uh, so I don't know where these people came from, but you know, I, I definitely consider it, you know, like they were guardian angels or something because they, they came out of nowhere. In my opinion, I didn't see anybody on that beach before I popped in the water. So anyway, they're, they're lifting me up. And at that point I just throw up a bunch of water and they kind of pull me out, lay me on the beach. And then I hear another voice and it's a lifeguard and, you know, he's talking to me, asking me some questions, telling me to stay calm. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of hanging out there. But, of course, I'm like, what's going on? How come I can't move my body? Uh, just freaking out, but he's trying to keep me calm. The one kind of crazy thing that I remember about this whole experience was when uh, the lifeguard said, hey, you know what? You're not quite out of the breakwater yet. The water's going to be coming in. I need you to hold your breath. I'm going to pinch your nose. I need you to hold your breath until we can get you out of here. Um, we're waiting for, you know, the paramedics to come. Just just hang out, work with me, listen to me, that kind of thing. And so I'm like, okay, fine, you know, whatever. And I just remember saying, okay, hold your breath now. And I did. And he pinched my nose. And I just remember looking up and seeing like two feet of water above my head and just, you know, four or five people staring down at me. And it was just like super quiet. And it was just the craziest feeling in the world. And I, I don't know how to explain it other than that just, I'm just like looking up like I'm in an aquarium or something. And these people are just looking down at me. And it's just like this quiet, peaceful. Anyway, so when the water washed back, um, they put me on a board. There were other people there, paramedics. And, you know, at that point, they pulled me up on the beach, secured me, asking me a bunch of questions. Can you feel, you know, they were touching the bottom of my foot. Can you feel this? Um, can you move your arms? And at that point, I was kind of able to wiggle my arms a little bit. And, you know, but again, so confused. Don't know what's going on. Um, I can kind of feel below my chest, but not really. Things are kind of numb, very tingly, just freaking out, right? I mean, one minute I'm walking, and now like I can't move my body except for like a little bit. Like my arms, I can kind of flap them around like a fish out of water. So, you know, things just kind of, snowballed from there like I just remember hearing a helicopter a helicopter landed on PCH stopped traffic they you know they had strapped me on this board they lifted me up they put me in the helicopter and they were going to fly me to a local hospital and I you know I, I didn't know where I was going I just remember looking up and seeing 
the guy with his helmet on with the the visor kind of prepping me uh you know like an IV and and just um you know talking to me a little bit but I was just really scared just completely lost as to what was going on um so yeah they they fly me I find out I'm at UCLA I just remember getting out of the helicopter and there's probably like 20 people surrounding me bringing me into what I think was like a you know an emergency room that kind of thing having my clothes stripped off they you know I had a necklace they cut off you know I think I had a couple of rings you know I was just being poked and prodded asked a bunch of questions and I was just freaking out remember hearing my mom's voice going hey are you okay and I'm like no I'm really fucked up I can't move my body um you know it was a really scary thing um but yeah after that point things just kind of got it just got different and weird because they gave me morphine and they were prepping me for what was um, surgery. So they had put me in this thing called traction. And basically what traction is, is that they put these screws in the side of your head, um, essentially to stretch your neck out. So they, they put these screws in place and they attach what I, I guess is like a wire. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like a, a weight machine, you know, the stacks of weights where it looks like little bars. There was like a, a cable pulling on these screws and that weight was pulling down and the whole idea was to stretch my neck out. So essentially I had broken or fractured rather my fifth vertebra, my cervical vertebra. So my, my, I guess my four, five and six were kind of compacted on each other. The whole point of the traction was to like stretch my neck out and then they were going to perform the surgery. So Again, and I didn't find out I had broken C5 until, you know, after x-rays and surgery and all that. I, this was all news to me. I'm like high as a kite right now, right? I'm on morphine. I'm in the ICU. Family's around me. I'm just like, no idea what's going on. But I know after I'd gotten in there, things just got real fuzzy. And I just kind of lost sight of time and where I was at and that kind of thing. So they have the traction in. I go into surgery. I don't remember it. But I do remember my family telling me that it was like 11 or 12 hour surgery. And the reason why it was so long is because they were going to do what was called a spinal fusion. Now, spinal fusion is a little bit different than what they traditionally used to do was to put your head in a different kind of traction, which was like a halo, where they put four screws in your skull and you wore this big contraption. And that was to just kind of stabilize your neck until it actually healed. Well, with the spinal fusion, they were going to go in from the front of my neck and the back and put in titanium plates. And they basically fused four, five, six together, plate in the front, plate in the back. So the reason that the surgery was so long is because they would do, they did the front part, put the plate in, and that took about five to six hours. And then they slowly rotated me over, almost like a rotisserie chicken, and then did the back part. So after that was done, I remember waking up I had a breathing tube in because my breathing was compromised uh, due to the fact that with my spinal cord injury, which is what this is all called, right? I had broken my neck and affected my spinal cord. Um, and I'll get into that in a sec, but essentially my lungs were impaired. So the fluid was in there. I was getting a pneumonia, uh, pneumonia. <laughs> so they needed to leave the breathing tube in to kind of help facilitate the breathing until I could heal up and and, you know, lower my fever, etc. All that's all those kind of things. So I wake up, I've got the breathing tube in, I can't talk with this thing. I have a neck brace on, 
the doctors are talking about, oh, you know, it went well, um, we're happy. And then this is when they kind of, you know, kind of broke the news to me and, and, and really told me like what had happened. So essentially with the impact, I had broken my C5, my fifth cervical vertebra. And because of that, it had pinched my cord. My cord was pinched and what ends up happening is the swelling that occurs with this process is where paralysis kicks in. So the one good part was that I was an incomplete, incomplete injury is what they called it. So essentially because of the pinching and because I hadn't severed the cord, I essentially had caused damage, but it was incomplete, which meant that I could still get some return of function below my level of injury, which is great. I was very excited about that. Um, well, not at the time. I was pretty pissed off, to be honest with you. I was in denial, very upset about what had happened, that kind of thing. But, you know, this was all new to me, just hearing all this information. Um, the other thing was, is that, uh, you know, I was, I was just hearing about this whole, you know, spinal cord injury thing and what that entails. And so it's not so much that I couldn't move my body, which clearly was a big deal. Um, you know, the whole, you may not return function, you may not walk again, but there were all these other internal functions that were going to be impaired, right? I had a breathing tube. I was not able to breathe on my own. My lungs were impacted because of the impact of my spinal cord injury. My blood pressure was affected. I could no longer feel hot or cold. Well, typically, and I'm not going to say typically, but with these types of injuries, you could lose feeling altogether. But I was still able to feel, but I couldn't feel hot or cold on those portions of my body below my level of injury, which is really, really strange. Um, also, I wasn't able to sweat, which was really strange. Like why, you know, my body was sweating before. So again, these are all like auto, they're called autonomic functions. Things that happen without us thinking about them, right? Breathing, blood pressure, sweating, temperature control. These are things that happen throughout the day that we don't have to, you know, I guess voluntarily trigger, right? I mean, you go out in the hot sun, your body sweats. It's a cooling mechanism. My body was no longer able to do that. So this was, this was a lot of information to process just by, you know, laying in that bed in like the first couple of days. Um, you know, it just was, it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot for my family, uh, a lot for me, but I was still in this early, you know, this, this denial phase, you know, what, it, what's going on? Like, why can I not move my body, you know, from just bashing into a way, you know, bashing into a sandbar. So this was, um, this was the start of a, of a journey that I had to, you know, kind of embrace. And that was one of the things early on, like I, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking about a wheelchair at the time. It was more, what's my life going to be like? Where am I going to be at? And the interesting part about this whole thing is that this happened in 1995, which was just months after Christopher Reeve had, had broken his neck from a, you know, an accident on a horse. And it also is not that long after the Americans with Disabilities Act came out and was signed into, you know, into law in 1990. So I'm going to talk about a lot of these things in some of the other episodes. But, you know, in hindsight, looking back at this, like it was actually a, a pretty good, it, it was good timing for me because all of these things were kind of occurring and I could kind of 
you know, be part of it, you know, as this evolution of, you know, a, a person with a disability in a wheelchair and getting back into life and mainstream. And that's, those are the things that I really want to touch upon in this podcast series to really, you know, kind of talk about my experience, you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of being in a wheelchair. Um, but also specific to, you know, my, my disability, which is a spinal cord injury. I know that there are plenty of people out there, um, that have a wheelchair that, you know, maybe they were born with some type of disability or maybe it was with age, you know, someone that has gotten older and has, um, you know, their, their bodies is just failing them to some degree and they need the wheelchair or a walker or a rollator, those kind of things. So that's really the, you know, the other part that I wanted to talk about in this first, first episode is, you know, why I'm doing this. Uh, I really just feel like, you know, I've, I've had a good, I've had a good ride. You know, I've, I've been in a chair now for, wow, going on 24 years. And I can honestly say that the time has flown by because I made that choice early on to, you know, I don't want to say accept my situation because it's not about, you know, I accept that I'm disabled. It's more, you know, accepting that my life will be different and that I will live by a different set of rules, but but that's okay. But I'm going to make the best of it. You know, I'm going to adapt to my new environment, I guess is really a better way of putting it. Um, because, you know, I I didn't think it was, I thought it would be okay. You know, I my situation is so different. You know, I, I, I can't speak for other individuals with spinal cord injuries that have a similar level of injury. I just know that, you know, with, with the, the, some of the function that I got back, the fact that I could feel my body, you know, not 100%, but I could feel it. Um, you know, I, it's just I thought, and also having the, the support group, my family, I just thought I can get through this. I can work through this. It was a challenge that I was willing to accept. Um, and I don't know, aside from those things I mentioned, if, you know, maybe it had to do with, you know, I was really big into sports, uh, especially team sports like ice hockey, football, baseball, those kind of things. You know, maybe it was like a new challenge for me that I was willing to take on and just work through it. And the fact that I, you know, there's so many things I want to accomplish in my life and I just didn't want this to, to halt that, you know, I, I didn't want it to be, it was clearly going to be more difficult and there were going to be some bumps along the way, but I don't know. I just early on, I, I said, I want to do this. I want to make it happen. Um, there's things that I want to accomplish. So that, that was really the big thing. And I, I want to share those with you. Um, so that hopefully maybe for some of you that have some similar circumstances, you can see that there, there is a path and that you can achieve, uh, you know, some of these goals that you might've otherwise set out before you got injured um, or if you've been injured all along and you, and you still want to have these, you know, these goals, whether it's, you know, getting married, uh, well, let me back up, uh, finishing, you know, going through high school and college, uh, you know, getting a job for that career that you like, uh, getting married, maybe having kids, you know, owning your own car or driving again, even, um, you know, I, I want to talk about all those things because those were goals that I had in my mind even before I was injured that I wanted to accomplish for myself. So yeah, it, uh, you know, it, it was a really crazy time. I, you know, I can't even, when I think about it, I can bring myself back to that hospital room, to the way that I felt, 
you know, to the songs that I was listening to and how they made me felt, uh, made me feel rather. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was nuts, but it also was, um, I, I mean, it was a great experience for me in terms of just kind of shaping my life. You know, I, I felt like when I was 18, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, I, in high school, I, I focused on playing sports, trying to get good grades because I know that my parents worked very hard and especially my mom, you know, she, she worked hard to put me through, um, you know, an all boys Catholic school that I really wanted to go to for their sports program. And just, you know, my family had gone there and I noticed that she struggled to pay for that. So I really wanted to, to work hard to, um, you know, not to just go there and not appreciate what she had done and my family had done to kind of, you know, grandparents helping pick me up and take me to extracurricular activities after school, that kind of thing. I really wanted to, to do well. So, but after, after high school, I just, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So in a kind of a, I don't want to say a sick way, but this, this whole injury and this process kind of, it gave me some purpose. You know, my goal was to be independent, to achieve those goals that I wanted and to live a fulfilling life. And part of that life was going to be, um, you know, in a wheelchair. And a lot of the things that I was going to accomplish had to be from that wheelchair. So that's why I really wanted to talk about, you know, my experiences in the wheelchair because it really shaped some aspects of my life that I'm very proud of and things that I've accomplished. And the big thing that life in a wheelchair is not so bad, or at least from my perspective, and, you know, in a, in a day and age where there's a lot of new research coming out for spinal cord injury and a lot of push for people to really, um, you know, this whole talk of, oh, you can walk again, you can do this again. You'll, you'll see as we go through, you know, some of these different topics that I'm going to talk about, you know, I'm excited about that. But after having been in a chair for 24 years, I can honestly say that I like my life in a wheelchair and I... I'm so used to it that I don't know what it would be like to, to walk again, if that was ever, ever possible. It's almost like I'd have to start over because I've really molded my life around being in the chair and everything that I do is in the chair. Um, you know, I, I think it's easy for people to, to talk about that who aren't in a chair and say, oh my God, like, why wouldn't you want that? And it's just different. You know, I, my life is kind of, I don't know, it's just so embedded with how I interact with my chair. Um, so I, I, I really do feel like my independence and my quality of life kind of stemmed from that. And uh, so anyway, those are the things that I'm going to talk about in this series, just all the different things that I've experienced. And I'm, I'm going to be very, very transparent. I'm not trying to sugarcoat this. I've experienced some really tough times, some lows, and some highs, um, but I, I want to talk about all of them because it's important for um, you know for you out there if if you can hopefully relate to some of these things that yeah it's not all what it's cracked up to be I mean I I say that I have a great life uh, but I had to really work at it and I work at it every day you know every day is a struggle um, it's a new challenge when I wake up but I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for anything in the world you know I really do enjoy what I've been blessed with and what I've worked hard to get. So uh, with that, I'd just like to say thank you again for joining me today. Um, I'm super stoked to do this. Uh, 
it's also very therapeutic for me to, to be able to talk about it. You know, it's not the easiest thing to just go and talk to somebody about some of these things who don't have a disability because it almost can look like I'm complaining or, you know, or maybe, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm a little concerned unless someone asks me, I don't share it as much. Uh, I like to be an advocate for others who have a similar disability. Uh, so this is just another avenue for me, another another vehicle to be able to share it with the world. And I, and, you know, I don't know who's hearing all of this information, but hopefully those that are listening, you know, find it beneficial because I, I do enjoy talking about it. And yeah, so anyway, I hope to get a couple more of these out soon and post this on iTunes. So if you're hearing this, it's already out there and I, and I look forward to putting out more content and yeah, just please leave, um, I'm, I'm still learning how this whole podcast thing works, but hopefully I can, you know, there's a, a, a place for you to leave comments uh, or questions or things like that. But if you do want to reach out to me, I do have an email. Uh, I actually have a YouTube channel that's, I haven't done much with it lately, but I hope to do more videos soon. It's called Abilities, and that's A-B-I-L-I-T-E-A-S-E. And that channel is basically, I, I'm showing people how I do things in my daily routine. So it's it's really tips and tricks, things like that. Um, it's kind of in line with this, but it's a little bit different. But I, I, I think that people really do enjoy it because I like to talk about different products that I use. And I'm, I'm hoping to talk about that in a couple of my episodes on here. But again, it's Abilities. And you can reach me on my email. It's just going to be abilities at gmail.com. So again, A-B-I-L-I-T-E-A-S-E at gmail.com. You can send me an email there. Otherwise, once I figure out this whole format, um, you know, hopefully there's a place to leave comments and that kind of thing. And we can, you know, create a little bit of a dialogue. And if there's certain things you want me to share or talk about, uh, I'll definitely try to do so. So again, thank you guys for joining me. And I look forward to the, the next episodes and I hope you enjoyed it. All right. Again, thank you very much. Take care.